there's a lot of moving parts to this whole notion of deconstruction, but essentially what it all boils down to is supposedly this notion of, I thought I knew what was right when I really started to analyze things. I realized that I was just way off my rocker and I decided to, to walk away, to deconvert, to leave my faith. Fearless Conversations, the Serpents and Doves podcast with Pablo Frasini. So I'm kind of doing things just a bit different, not too different, but <clears throat> um, I've been really thinking about doing a lot of reading and scrubbing through different videos on this whole topic, which technically isn't really brand new, but this whole topic of deconstruction, right? Deconstructing one's faith. <clears throat> Many of them say that not only have they deconstructed, but what they call deconverted. There really is no such thing as deconversion. Once you're a child of God, you're a child of God. I mean, essentially it's, once you know you you have kids where we we all have parents and you can never become unchild <laughs> i don't know if that's even a word but you can't become an unchild or dechild from your parents once you're their children you're always going to be children whether that relationship is good or it's a terrible relationship doesn't matter what and so there's a lot of moving parts to this whole notion of deconstruction, but essentially what it all boils down to is supposedly this notion of, I thought I knew what was right when I really started to analyze things. I realized that I was just way off my rocker and I decided to, to walk away, to deconvert, to leave my faith. And so this is the topic that I want to address. And I don't know how many episodes this might take because I guarantee you, promised, I promise you um, that I'm going to rabbit trail. And a lot of you know the way I operate. I, I don't really like these perfectly curated cookie cutter videos. I'm more of just kind of your um, off-the-cuff, unscripted kind of um, kind of guy, right? I, Yeah, I take notes. I mean, I've got my notes. These are some of my notes. I've got some written on my iPad. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I do. I, I have... Um, and I have a whole lot going on in here, and I'm having a real difficult time trying to organize my thoughts. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the best way is. And so um, I think the best way to do this is just to talk about it, just have an honest conversation. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to play video clips. I'm going to stop the video clips. I'm going to give you my thoughts <clears throat> about this whole notion of deconstruction and and so, um, you know, I'll start it at different places. I mean, sometimes I have these random thoughts that come into my mind 
And I'm, I'm driving down the street. I'm down I'm driving down the road. And what I'm going to start to do is I'm going to start turning the camera on. And I'm just going to start talking. And so you're going to get clips of me where I usually am. Clips of me like right now where I'm literally just holding the phone and, um, and, and kind of just giving you uh, just some thoughts, some random thoughts. But one of the things that, and I will eventually play this clip, and you guys are going to hear it. By the way, <clears throat> my voice is way better. Praise God for that. Um, not a hundred percent yet, but getting there. So I'm going to play a clip and it's, um, it's the two guys from good mythical morning. They're a pretty big YouTube channel. Rhett link is one of the guys and, um, they, they do these, uh, I guess they get together and they do these shows called early biscuits or something like that. And so they talk about things that they usually don't talk about their podcast and so um, one of the things, though, that caught my attention is this is like, I guess, part three and what they call their spiritual journey. That's totally cool. I'm, I'm okay. They call it spiritual journey. But both of them have uh, deconstructed, right? So, that, again, this notion of deconstructing. Uh, Rhett has gone on the record, and, and you're going to see he's gone on the record as um, – he says he's deconverted. And again, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't believe that. But there's one thing that he did say, and I'm going to play the video clip is, and it's, it's a lengthy one, but I want you guys to, to pay attention and to listen because I think what he, he did is he hit the nail on the head too. And he said that um, it's, he doesn't really look forward to talking about these things, though he does. And you know what? I respect the guy for at least talking about him. Uh, because you know what? These guys are having conversations that I think the church is not willing to have. And, you know, like the title of my podcast says, Fearless Conversations. Let's address these issues. Let's talk about these things. Because I think it's really stupid for us as the body of Christ to sit down and think that everything's peachy king. Because everything is not peachy king. And somebody had written me in and said, look, I'm not too thrilled about you. seems like you're always um, picking on the church. And But if this is what the Lord has called you to do, then, well, by all means, you know, you got my blessing. Listen, I've always had uh, a big place in my heart where I think the church has gone wrong. And so the Lord has opened these doors and these, this new channel. Um, well, not new channel, kind of a rebirth channel to say, but on this new channel to talk about things that I, I didn't address on my old one. Well, then praise God for that. Maybe this is what the Lord wanted. Maybe the Lord wanted me to sit down and, and have these hard conversations. And you know what? I might stumble all over myself at times. Oh, well, it is what it is. I've come to a point in my walk with the Lord where I've realized that you know what? The only person who I should care about what what he thinks about is the Lord. What he thinks about me is the Lord. And so I'm, I'm there. I want to have these conversations because the church in the West is messed up, is really messed up. I could say another letter word, but I'm not going to do that, obviously, for obvious reasons why. But I think you guys all get the picture. I want to be as honest and as transparent with you guys as I possibly can. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean that I'm just going to go, you know, uh, 
go off the hinges or off the rails, go off the rails, come unhinged. That's not what I'm saying. But what I want to do in, you know, moving forward is I address an issue, as I address a topic. I want to share my heart with you. Now, that doesn't mean that we're all going to agree on things. Obviously not. But I think we can all agree on the fact that the church is in some some really, 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 really hot waters. David Hawking's kid used to say, you know, we're in deep yogurt. Not to say we're in some deep, you know what, too. And, you know, I titled uh, the video, uh, It's a Bunch of Cow Chips, <laughs> because I think for us, again, to ignore the issues that are facing the church, let alone the issues facing the world. But if the church is really good at ignoring issues that are plaguing it. And Satan has definitely taken advantage of that and has um, has really utilized that to his advantage. A lot of it, too, is human nature. You can't blame everything on, you know, Satan. You can't blame everything on you know, everything on demons, because then it's easy. We blame our behavior on other things. Sure, we're influenced by the the spiritual world. We are definitely influenced. I was having a conversation with, you know, our family and our son the other day that temptation does not equal sin. Temptation does not equal sin. So we can't go constantly. We, we can't constantly be blaming things on Satan or on demons. Oh, Satan made me do it. Oh, this demon made me do it. Because again, that's one issue that unfortunately has plagued the church. Fundamentalism in the past, call it whatever you want, has plagued the church in a way that, oh, it was the demon of the bottle. It was the demon of sex. It was the demon of this and the demon of that. And yes, don't get me wrong. Well, we know that if we were to pull back the veil, the spiritual veil, the spiritual warfare going on and the influences of darkness over us and in our lives, especially the believer, are huge. The decision to follow those sinful um, desires, to give into the flesh, the, the, it really boils down to the decision comes up to us. It's up to us, right? I mean, someone... Someone could could put, if you're on this crazy strict diet and you've seen results and you're doing amazing, someone could come up to you and just put this like triple scoop of amazing ice cream in front of you, fill in the blanks of whatever flavors you want, say, here you go, you could have it. The influence is in front of you, right? They're, they're not an influence for good, right? At that moment where you're just looking at that and you're going, wow, that looks really tempting. Mm, that, you know, you've, you've abstained from sugar. You've abstained from all these fatty foods. You've seen the results, but someone's come in front of you, friend or foe, and they've bought you this triple ice cream, triple scoop ice cream of this just decadent stuff. So the influence is in front of you, right? The temptation is right there before you, but the decision to reach out and grab it and partake of that is up to us. Obviously, we rely on the Lord prayerfully. And you could say, you know what? I put a lot of hard work and effort into this. I've lost weight. I'm not going to do it. 
I'll tell you what, you can have it yourself. You can turn around, you walk away. Hey, great. Again, that decision is up to us. So I, I don't want, I, I, and again, here we go, a rabbit trail. But the influences that that Satan and, and the demonic realm around, they're all around us. And they're only getting more intense. However, however, the decisions to give into those are up to us. So kind of coming back to my thought is we can't constantly blame every all you know what the the church is in this trouble because Satan's in it. Well, Satan was allowed, not allowed. Satan found a crack and he came in the church and he's just wreaking havoc, which is true. But we we can't it's easy for us to to lay blame and to play the blame game. The hard part for us is to take responsibility for our actions right and the church is in a lot of trouble not because satan's in it but because the church by and large has allowed satan to infiltrate the church and therefore influence so many people within the church and almost dismantle it from within the church. And what we see with this whole notion of deconstruction, and look, I I get it. Some of you guys might be going, what? What are you saying? But think about what I'm saying, okay? Don't, Don't just let it pass you by. That the responsibility of the church, right? God gave us the church as a means to be salt and light to those around us. And we've trampled all over it for whatever it is, you know, the, the lust of power, um, the, the, the lust for, for position, the lust for the, the greed, the money. Um, I'm also going to be playing a clip of this series. Uh, John Goodman's in it. And I, I want to show everybody what the world thinks of the church now. And why is it? Why, why has the world... The world didn't just come up with this, uh, this conclusion of or 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 this um, this view of the church all by themselves. No, the church has helped the world come up with this view of the church all by themselves. The church is to is the one to blame. I've said this before, and I know a lot of you might not like what I say, but at the end of the day, it's a fact. There is so much infighting in the church. There is so much ego in the church. There is a lot of problems that have been plaguing the church and they've not gotten better. They've gotten worse. And what we have done now, if we bring it back to this, what what I'm going to eventually be talking about is this notion of deconstruction. When we bring it back to that is the question we need to ask ourselves is, have we been faithful representatives and stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I will be the first one to say, absolutely not. No way, Jose. Every single one of us has, has played a pivotal role in this. There's no one here that, that has not. And so it's, it's important for us to take responsibility for our actions. It's, it's important for us to take responsibility um, in, in what we do. And God has entrusted us with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and how we've done that 
I think has been by and large um, uh, a big disservice. The Western church, the church in the West, um, for the most part, has done a big disservice in disseminating as they've disseminated, as they've shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I think by and large, we have been sharing a false gospel to people on multiple fronts. Whether it's this prosperity gospel, whether we've been telling people that if you come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all all your problems and all your woes are going to go away. That's a false gospel. Or, or, you know what? Jesus wants you to be rich. Jesus wants you to have everything you want. That is a false gospel. And if for whatever reason you think that I'm off my rocker, just why don't you go ask our brothers and sisters in North Korea or in Iran or in other parts of the persecuted world where they don't have a lick. to They don't have anything. They don't have two pennies to rub together. You're going to go tell them that they're sinning or something because God wants them to be rich and they're not, you know, or, or we, we've portrayed this, this Jesus, this needy Jesus who seems like he always needs us and he can't do anything without us. And, and, and he's all lonely in heaven, all lonely by himself. And and if it wasn't for us, he, he would be destitute and so heartbroken. Like we've, we've, We've portrayed this Jesus, this, I'm sorry, but we've, we've been portraying this pansy Jesus too. You know, there's that song called Reckless Love. I hate that song because God's love is nothing. It is not reckless. It's anything but reckless. And so we, we've had this, this, we've been presenting this erroneous gospel to people for so long. You know, it's, We've been presenting this gospel of fire insurance only. If you ask Jesus Christ in your heart, you're not going to go to hell. And that's a part of it. Yeah, that's that's a part of the gospel message. But that that's not the gospel message. I mean, Jesus Christ did not die on the cross so that we could avoid hell. That's That's part of it. Jesus Christ died on the cross because of our sinfulness because we sinned against a holy god because he loved us so much he was willing to give his life pure sinless spotless sacrificial lamb on that cross why because that was the only way to restore that right relationship that we broke our sin did that And praise God that a byproduct of our salvation is the fact that we don't have to spend eternity in hell. But again, for us just to preach it as fire insurance, how anemic is that? So we've been been presenting the gospel and Jesus. And again, another another thing we've done is God is love and that's all he is. And he's so gracious. And, And there's this gospel of of uh, hyper grace. And some of you might gasp and say, Oh, what are you talking about? Listen, it's, it's important that when we preach Jesus Christ, we don't just preach one side of him. Cause that's a lopsided gospel. We've got to remember that when we preach Jesus Christ, yes, 
Jesus Christ is the embodiment of love. As I just said, why he went to the cross for you and for me. And yes, he extends grace to us just as we extend grace to our children. But at the same time, we got to remember that he is a just and holy God. And that's why he had to come and die on that cross was because we sin. And sin requires a payment. And he paid for that on the cross. And for those that do not ask Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, that is going to be required at their own blood. The great white throne judgment. Everybody will stand before God Almighty. Everybody. But So it's important that we present a, a balanced view of the Lord when we're presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is loving. Jesus is graceful. He is merciful, compassionate, faithful. But he's also just and he is also holy. And because he is just and because he is holy, he has to punish sin. And we've been presenting this very lopsided gospel of Jesus Christ as well. And I can understand my heart as I present this series, however long that is, however many rabbit trails I go on. I don't ever want anyone to think that you or me are better than anybody that I'm either going to be talking about or anybody that has deconstructed because we are not. We're not better than anybody. But I think it's time we come to grips with the fact that unfortunately, many of these people have been presented the wrong gospel. Now, that doesn't mean they will not be held accountable for their decisions. You know, just like they say that there are consequences to elections. and Boy, do we know that. There are consequences and benefits to every decision we make. And whether people have deconstructed, have deconverted, as they say, everybody is going to give an account and a reason why they did what they did. I don't, I can't imagine standing before God Almighty, because everybody will, and going, Lord, let me just tell you why I deconstructed my faith. Let me tell you, Lord, uh, why I deconverted. I, I Can you imagine? Seriously, can you imagine standing before God Almighty? The last thing I think they're going to be thinking about is, let me tell you my deconstruction story. Because that's just not going to fly. That is not going to fly. Because Jesus Christ wants to know one thing. What did you do with the gift of my son? What did you do with the gift that I sent for each and every person? That's what the Lord wants to know. And, and when I, when I, as, I've, as I hear these stories, as I read, I've, I've gone through a gamut of emotions in the sense of, I think it's stupid some of, what some of these people say. Um, I, my heart breaks for what some of these people say. Um, and, and so it was like this roller coaster up and down of, of things that I've been feeling and sensing. But at the same time, my heart breaks for them because unfortunately they never knew Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior for whatever reason. They never knew him. And so 
What I want to encourage each one of us as I go through these series, as I kind of show you what's out there, because I want you guys to see the reasoning behind why some of these people are leaving church, why some of these people walked away. Some of them are famous. Some of them not so much. But I, I, my hope and prayer is that we would pray for them, that they would come to a true saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before it's too late. And let me just say this, as much as I love Bible prophecy, as much as I want Jesus Christ to come back, and I do believe he is, and so I want to urge everybody to be ready. Another mistake that I believe the Bible prophecy world has done for a long time, and I don't want to be guilty of this, is using the rapture of the church as a way to get people into the kingdom by saying you don't want to be left here because it's going to be hell on earth. So you want to ask Jesus in your heart so you're not left back here. Totally wrong. Totally erroneous. And I want to make sure that you guys understand I don't ever want to fall guilty of that. If I have, I'm sorry. Because that's not what the gospel is about. Like I just said. We can't present the gospel that way. You need to ask Jesus in your heart so you're not going to be here for seven years of hell on earth. And though salvation, when one is saved, and the, if the rapture happens, praise God, that is, again, a byproduct, a benefit, mind you, of salvation. That is not the reason for salvation. That is not the way we should be presenting the gospel. Because someone shouldn't come to Jesus Christ because they're scared of what's going to happen on the flip side of the rapture. It should come to Jesus Christ because they know they have sinned against the Holy God. And it's our sin that is keeping us from a right relationship between Jesus Christ. And that he gave his only begotten son as a sacrifice for you and for me because we sinned against him. And he rose on the third day. We need to repent of what we've done, our sin against a holy God. And that's a talk for a whole podcast. But this is kind of a what I wanted to share first. I know this is a really short one. And Christmas is right around the corner. This is really odd time for me to, to share. But again, I, I don't want to stick to maybe Tuesdays and Thursdays to share random thoughts like this and like I said, you're going to get some maybe in the car. Maybe if I'm at a park or somewhere I, I, getting a cup of coffee. And these are just going to be, I guess, call them random rants. But at the end of the day, these are just unscripted. These are, these are off the cuff. These are random rants. But I want to lay the groundwork for what I'm going to be talking about in the coming weeks. I will finish the series on being rapture ready. But again, family, as we as we celebrate Christmas, remember that Jesus Christ came into the world. And had he not come into the world, we'd be destitute. We are destitute outside of Christ. But praise God that he chose to leave the comforts of heaven and come down and be born in the lowliest of lowliest of places, which is such so beautiful for us because the Lord didn't care about power, possessions, or position. That's an old school Benny Hester song. Power, position, possession. But anyways, he he came not 
to be served, but to serve. And what a beautiful example that should be to us. So as you um, go enjoy time with family, remember that we should be of service. Preaching to myself here. Listen, I love every single one of you guys. I'm excited to come back. I hope this, uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. I'm going to be reading the comments below. Um, But again, please uh, uh, pray about it. Pray for me that I would just deliver these uh, in a way that would not tear anybody down, but that we would lift each other up and be praying for those that are in such an in such a perilous position because that's exactly what it is. So listen, family, hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, merry, merry, merry Christmas. And hopefully this this talk that I just had, it it stands the test of time because even though Christmas is coming, this really didn't have anything to do with Christmas. Anyways, hey, I love you guys. I'm looking forward to coming back. Hanging out. Thank you for your prayers, your continued prayers. And uh, remember, keep looking up because who knows, maybe we'll celebrate Christmas up there with our Lord and Savior. What a party that's going to be. Lord bless you guys. Take care. See ya. Mm-hmm.